Hey there, Christy Lynn Hanshi, AWOL Zebra, and you know I absolutely enjoy this podcast, and it has been turning into what I have been hoping for, individuals connecting with individuals, learning from each other, not costing you an arm and a leg, just something to provide a little bit of fun, provide a helpful hand here and there, and we have individuals that are actually we are forming, they're calling themselves AWOL Zebras, and I absolutely love that. So if you're with me and you're trying out modalities that not everybody is doing, and if you're looking for ways to make your life easier while living with this illness from individuals that actually have the illness, then you've come to the right place. Now, I have a group of individuals that I have surrounded myself with that I know that they live and breathe with this illness and they make their lives better. They have been bedridden. They still have downtimes, but they're able to make life easier for themselves. And one of those individuals is Allie Geelys and I've had her on before. I talk about her all the time. I call her my supplement queen but today we are going to talk about I don't know some shortcuts some some ways to make life easier especially with the holidays coming up and just normal everyday little things but I thought it would be helpful to have her come on and share with us some of the things she does and just to chit chat hey Allie how are you I am great. Thank you so much for having me again, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm in the process of writing my um, my latest book, and it's gonna its title is gonna be Shortcuts to Living Your Best Life with uh, HEDS. And I'm here today because, like just like you said, with the holidays coming up, and you know people want to keep their family traditions and all the things they've been doing all these years, but sometimes with HEDS you can't predict. Can you make the full turkey dinner? I don't know. Can you have all your company over? I don't know. Or can you still do it, but you use shortcuts so the whole world thinks, you know, you're, you're, you're living your best life, which you are, but you're not killing yourself. You're not, you're not doing it so that way you put on, you know, Christmas Eve, but you can't go to Christmas because you're bedridden or you're putting on, you know, an afternoon brunch or something and you're not down for the count the next day because nobody needs to know aside from your, your zebra friends, what you're really doing. Cause the reality of the situation is, you know, and I'll give you a quick example, things I used to do. Okay. I baked from scratch hundred percent. Like everything I did was baked from scratch. I cooked morning and night. I just love it. I bake all the time. Uh, cleaning my house. I used to, in fact, clean my house. Um, I used to write notes on paper with a pen, fancy, fancy stuff. Uh, and I used to exercise and I used to work full time. Now, let me tell you those things in that same order, but how I do them today. Today, I still bake. I bake and I cook all the time. Do I cook from a scratch? Shh, don't tell anybody. No, I don't. Because I do, uh, there was like a show on um, the Food Network one time. This was a long time ago before I even knew I had EDS. Um, and it was called like semi-homemade by like Sandra Lee or something. Semi-homemade with Sandra Lee. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I watched that show and I went, son of a gun. No one knows that she's like doing these shortcuts. And it came to me when I realized, like, for example, banana bread. 
I have a great recipe. Takes a decent amount of time. Now, go to Trader Joe's. I get their banana bread mix. I ditch the oil. I add bananas. I add my own spices. I make it. I add chocolate chips. I put it in a button pan so it looks pretty. And everyone says, oh, my gosh, can I have your recipe? And I lie through my teeth and go, well, now everyone's going to know. But um, <laughs> I, no, in fact, it's a, no, in fact, it's a family recipe. Well, guess what, people? It's not. It used to be. Yes, true. But now it is semi-homemade. And the same thing with, like, cleaning my home. Our house got to be dusty and less than vacuumed and untidy. Let's just put it that way. And now every two weeks, I have a nice house cleaner that comes in. And I really found someone that I felt comfortable with because I'm home. We work from home now. Are you there? Well, we need a shortcut on what happens when the internet or phone blocks off. <laughs> can, you, can, can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Oh, you know what it is? So my, my phone timed out. Okay, that's me. All right, so where, 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 where'd I stop? Okay, you were like the house, you have somebody come in that you really trust every two. Oh, okay. All right, I'll, I'll just make sure I don't, somehow I, I don't know how to do this. It's all good. See, this goes to show how inept I am. But anyway, let's pretend I'm not. Um, so when I get someone in to clean the house, I wanted to get someone that I could train, someone that I could be like, okay, I need you to come. And when you're here, I'm going to spend a half hour of that time tidying. And she gave me a, a good tip. She was like, why don't you take a laundry basket? Cause I have stuff on surfaces that shouldn't be on surfaces. And in order for her to clean and get all the dust, I needed to clear my surfaces. But rather than overwhelm myself, she's like, no, 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 take a laundry basket, put stuff that you don't really want there, but it's just sort of settled there into that laundry basket. And then every time I come go through one layer of the laundry basket and by, you know, three, four months in, you will have put your stuff away. Not stressed out. She, she, didn't, she didn't like, oh, you have to get rid of your stuff. No, no, no. She was very much like, and she is very much like an asset in the sense that she comes in, she, whether it's a good day, bad day, whatever. My toilets are clean. My showers are clean. All the things that would like, I would clean my toilet, no joke. And I'd like throw it a shoulder. And I was like, what the hell is that? I'm not doing that. So used to clean my house. Now I get uh, a house cleaner writing my notes on paper. Well, I still like to write. I'll, I'll tell you that. But I type a lot of stuff out. I sign. I do like uh, like for Christmas, instead of an individualized note to everyone, I do like a miniature Christmas letter and I paste it in the card. And then I sign like a special little like say hi to Bobby or I love your pictures on Facebook and a little short little note, but like enough so that that is not impacting my hands because my hands are one of the things that's affected the most. And then this one, oh my God exercise. Oh yeah. I used to do that. Um, now I, I can't, I got rid of my bike. I got rid of things that, that break me. I walk the dog. I walk around my neighborhood without the dog because she walks kind of slow. Um, and then I do targeted exercise. Like I do, um, you know, wall pushups and I do, uh, bridge poses, which I know is a no, no for you, but for me it works. And, you know, I do modified things. Am I ever going to be like, you know, an athlete? No. And that's okay. And then as far as work goes, the alley 2026 go alley. Right. Yeah. No. Um, but things like work, this is not doable for everybody. And I know I'm very fortunate early on in our marriage, John's career, he's in software makes way more than anything I, I could imagine. Anthropology, you know, different studies, things that I, that I'm into and writing doesn't pay a lot. So luckily with three kids, I, um, you know, became like the 
house manager, you know, domestic engineer, AKA housewife, but I still worked pretty decently for, for a number of years. Um, but I realized I couldn't even do that. So what I do now is I do part-time writing. I sell my books and again, you know, don't quit your day job because that's not going to like pay a lot, but I figured out a way to save stupid things. Like I have a credit card that has all cash back, right? And it's like 2% cash back on every single purchase, no matter what I purchase. I pay every single bill. And I mean the electric, I mean every single bill we have on that card. And at the end of the month, it's paid off because it's all stuff that's budgeted for. But I get back like $150 a month in cash. That to me is like income. It allows me to go grab a coffee and not feel guilty. Is my husband controlling the finances? No. Is my husband like, you can't spend our money? No. But I feel better knowing that I have, like when I buy Christmas and maybe I spend a little bit more than I should with our budget. No, no. I, I put in whatever that is, you know, $150 a month times 12 per year minimum. Uh, of just saving money. So those are the things that, that I do. And, and honestly, I edited my real life from before the diagnosis and, and before I was more debilitated into manageable chunks. And I find that totally accept, acceptable. And I remember somebody from ABC news, I think it was Robin Roberts um, recommended a book or she even wrote it talking about being good enough. And I'm like, it was talking about the lady who, it was like the kid's birthday party at school and they were supposed to bring in cupcakes and all the other mothers made cupcakes and she bought them. The kids didn't give a crap. They just wanted a cupcake. So the reality is with my banana bread recipe, with other things that I do, um, you know, I just do it with a shortcut. You know what I mean? Like even errands, like if I'm going to run errands and I might plan to do them on Tuesday. And Tuesday comes and goes because I don't feel good. I make sure that I concentrate errands into locations. So if I have to run to TJ Maxx and Target, they're next to each other. I'm going to do that on the same day together. I'm going to go across town to the dry cleaner and the whatever, uh, you know, a, a, a different day because it's a different place and I, don't, I can't do too much in one day. But I make it so that it's normal and so that my new normal does not feel like I'm failing. It's I'm achieving the best things. I'm integrating, you know, a coffee with a friend. I'm integrating a neighborhood walk. I'm integrating all these things into my life that used to maybe be busier. I did more. I could say, you know, on, on paper that I was more accomplished. But the reality of the situation is nobody cares. And no one's asking me. And no one's like looking for a, well, how did you, how did you make your dinner tonight? What do you mean you use three things out of a box and then you made it taste good so that people think you made it from scratch? I'm not, uh, nobody's looking for it. If, if I make somebody a meal, they're happy and they say thank you and they enjoy it. Do they ask how it was made? No. Um, you know, you just have to live your best life to the best of your ability and kind of let go of the past and, and welcome it and accept it. I think acceptance is, is the huge thing that we as people living with chronic illness have to do whether you've lost your ability to lose your to use your legs which I know was is more dramatic but I know that's happened to people my husband who lost some abilities when he had brain surgery it did not it was not okay with him until he had acceptance and the same for me and my teenager who has EDS who is realizing I don't think I can do musical theater in college I'm learning to have acceptance about that mom because I know I have to say something else because my body won't, won't allow me to do this. <clears throat> it's very simple. You just have to break your life down into manageable chunks 
And as long as you're happy, nobody else cares how you do it. Just do it. Even if that means you have to pay someone to do it, like your lawn or whatever. Well, I think, I mean, everything that you're saying, everything you're saying does make sense. And one of the hardest problems, at least definitely for me, was the acceptance part. And I still battle that every day. But I am finding that that's another reason why the podcast has become so important to me. And also, you know, trying to trying to incorporate a life that I used to have with the new life that I have now. So right. I can't get up and go to work. But if I can make money off of this podcast, if I can make money, if I was able to sell you an AWOL Zebra t-shirt, or right, right. to the right person. So I'm all the time trying to strategize ways that I can turn this illness into an income stream that doesn't charge people for things that aren't going to work. And right. does it just provides maybe a little positivity, maybe gives them an insight at doing something because there is no place out there that I have found for people with our issues, talking about things that aren't going to cost us tons of money. And yeah, I mean, I even think like if you were, I mean, you're, you're so inspirational and you have such a good voice and, and, and how you present things. I mean, you could even do one-on-one uh, or even group life coaching, you know, once a month where you're doing a check-in and have, you know, it either be individual or um, a group and, and have a nominal, you know, fee more obviously for individual, but if you had like a group of 10 people and everybody paid 10 bucks, that would be more than enough for you or, or maybe more, you know, insert whatever the amount is, but it wouldn't have to cost the patient a ton, but to get a huge benefit. And, and I think that's something that, that you're working on. You're working on how do I, how do we earn an income or at least contribute to the family? Cause again, we're both fortunate that if, if worst case, case scenario, neither one of us worked, our spouses are, are, are hoofing the, 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 the heavy lifting, but like, it's nice to contribute and it's nice to live a better life and to save for your future and everything else. And if you can do that by helping other people, you know, it, it's huge. And I think it's, it's great what you're doing. Well, you are very kind and I'm, I'm really just struggling because I want so badly, uh, to try to make a difference. And I want to share, that's why I have wonderful guests on wonderful people that are in my life to hopefully share with the other people, because I could have used that two years ago when I was completely bedridden. I was, right. you know, there was no hope out there. And so, and since we're talking about now that Spotify's turned this to support, if you would like to support AWOL Zebra, it's totally up to you. But we are working on building our booster club and we're going to incorporate all of these things and have people such people like like Ali who have books, people with EDS that are living their best lives, hopefully, you know, be on the website that we're building so that people will know that it's a trusted place to go. Because I have found that I have bought some like tips and, and things, you know, books that were written by individuals that obviously didn't have EDS. Right. And that's such a disappointment and it's so hard to get your money back and it's so frustrating. So it's so nice to hear from an individual that 
suffers with this illness, really having a positive attitude, really trying to pay it forward, which you do, and, you know, trying to make a difference. Let me know that this isn't a death sentence, although it's something we have to live with in every day. I feel like when we get the one up and like, get your banana bread trick, like we just, like you just shared with us, then that makes me feel a little bit more of a winner that day. Right. And, and that totally makes a difference to me. And I like your attitude. What about like for the individual that can't have a cleaner come in, they could still take your laundry basket tip. And Oh, absolutely. And, and I think that that's the thing is, so if I didn't have anyone come in and I didn't for many, many years, I mean, I literally like, I feel like I saved for years so that I could afford this. Um, I, I did the thing with the laundry basket. I would take a laundry basket and I would take, I would undo my surfaces. Sometimes it'd be a paper bag. And the funny thing is, is a lot of these things that seem important. If you wait a month and you let all your crap pile up and you put it in the bin and then you wait another month and go through the bin, half the stuff you don't need. And I have a paper problem. Everything is important until you wait a month. And guess what's not important anymore. Um, and so I developed a, a filing system. I think I did a lot of work over the two years before I had someone come in because my house was really trash before that. Um, from simple things to like, I, I limit, I mean, this is a great tip. If you have a lot of sheets, because people do, that you just collect them over the years. Now you have 12 sets and you never need to, like you can change your bed at once a month, every two weeks, whatever. And, and then you have this huge amount of laundry. No, 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 no. You narrow it down to two sets of sheets. And then guess what? You take one off and as it's washing, you put the new ones on and then you're constantly just like washing every two weeks. I do my sheets now every two weeks and they're alternating which one's on. And then when, at, when one t gets a hole in it, I'll buy a new set, toss that, use it for rags, whatever. And I'm only ever going to have two sets of sheets because it makes it like you have no choice but to wash the set that's there. You don't build up laundry and it makes like, it's almost like streamlining your life. Like if you can minimize your stuff you're going to have less clutter. If you have less clutter, you're going to have less dust, less, less things to dust. And you can also break things down into, um, so the fly lady, if you haven't heard of her, Google it. There's like a tip on all the different things to do from the once a year task. Like, you know, make sure you get your, um, your, uh, inspection sticker or whatever your state requires to the monthly task of like wiping down with a Swiffer cloth once a month. But the cool thing is you're not going to do it all at the same time. It's cleaning your house in 10 minutes a day. And they call it a 10 second tidy. And uh, when my kids were little, I would buzz around the house like a bee and tell them it was 10 seconds and it really was 10 minutes. But you, you can tidy a kitchen. You can clean a bedroom. You can organize your freaking closet in 10 minutes if you know how. And it's very simple, manageable steps. And, it, and I used to do this. I would take 10 minutes and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to tackle my bedroom. And I would breeze through the shirts really quick and be like, those five I haven't worn, they can go to donation. And then I would take a Swiffer and do, and I'm talking just the one room. I do all the surfaces. I'm like, okay. And anything that didn't belong, I would put like in a corner and then I would wait and go the next week, you know, when it was the 10 minutes time for the bedroom, I would Swiffer the surfaces because it didn't have to remove anything because it was all in the corner. I go through the stuff in the corner and be like, I don't need that. I don't need that. Or I'd put it away. And when you do that, yeah, it just means that you rotate 10 minutes a day and, and after a month your house is clean and then you're back to square one, but it doesn't matter. It's never really, really bad again. You know what I mean? Or if you can't afford a cleaner on a regular basis, do the one time crazy expensive, like your whole house right. is cleaned 
like pristine and then start the 10, 10 minute tidy a day and you'll never have a dirty house again. Like there's ways to do it where it's not going to be expensive. I mean, you know, coming up on the holidays and, and people are like, you know, they just did that Amazon Prime special day and I they're going to have more sales throughout the, the months of October, November and whatnot. And if you're a person that maybe you used to go shopping on Black Friday or you go shopping in the stores, no, no, just order stuff. You can return it easily from Amazon if that's where you're shopping or wherever. Or do that, you know, small business Saturday and do that, you know, in person like once once in a while. But like <clears throat> there's things you can do to make the holidays or any events easier. Like, for example, I like to bake and I used to dedicate myself to sugar cookies and I'd ice them and make them beautiful. But my hands again, my hands are my enemy. And I found this lady. She has a licensed home bakery about 30 minutes from me. And for two bucks a cookie that are a delicious and two freaking gorgeous. I mean, like snow globes with intricate trees and snow and shit. I mean, like beautiful, beautiful work. And they taste good. Uh, yeah, that's going to be Megan's birthday box. She's going to get a dozen cookies wrapped up in a bow. They're going to be adorable. I got to pick my designs. And like, yeah, I have to drive a half an hour there and half an hour back. I don't care. I don't have to ever make a freaking sugar cookie as long as I live. Megan will be happy. Because she has a December birthday, so she kind of gets screwed in the holidays. And, like, that's a fix for me, where I used to make it, and maybe I couldn't use my hands for a week afterwards. No, I don't I don't have to do that anymore. If we have people over, uh, upcoming Thanksgiving, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, we always have a Friendsgiving with Quinn's friends, and it'll probably be the other kids' friends, too. Sorry, I just had to take a sip of water. Anyway, um... I used to make everything. I'd recreate Thanksgiving dinner again for these people. I'm like, am I nuts? Yes. So now I will do it like the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I will make up two huge lasagnas, <clears throat> throw them back in the fridge because they can be heated up so easily. Um, and I'll do all the prep work with Quinn in the house. Like Quinn will help me. And I make a lasagna that literally takes me 15 minutes from the empty pan to it in the oven because I use no boil noodles. Like, come on now, let's save some time. Like, there's so many things you can do to make having company, because I love to entertain, and it's very difficult to do that now, um, from using paper plates when people come, when I used to break out my china. I just donated my china, because I am never using it again. Like, I am not going to, um, you know, be the hostess with the Moses. I might pretend to be one, but I don't have to do all the hard work anymore. And whether you're, you know... I mean, so for me, wrapping presents, again, hands have an issue. I buy really cute, whenever they're on sale, pillowcases, seasonal or non-seasonal, whatever. And then the gifts are wrapped in a pillowcase. I put it in. The special ways you can tie it, you can go on Google and look them up. They look cute. You're giving two gifts in one. And then for us in the house, I have like 25, 30 pillowcases in the basement that are all Christmas um, uh, deck, you know, decorated looking like Christmas holidays and our Christmas presents are wrapped in friggin' pillowcases and we, it, it's recyclable. I, a, I'm, I can say I'm being good for the earth. B there's like, you throw a ribbon on it. If you want to, nobody cares. It's covered up. The people open it. And the best part, Megan loves to do this when she does it, she'll take her own pillowcases from her room and she'll put the kids, the birthday or whatever presents in there. And <clears throat> she, puts um like some stuffed animals or other things to like make it a different shape or a different size it's perfect 
and it's it's easy and it doesn't hurt your hands and again that's my biggest complaint is my hands it, it makes a difference and you were talking about you know like paper plates i started yes yeah. because my son you know, it, there's only three of us, but I'm, I pretty much, I'm always buying like a 20 pound Turkey, uh, for every, you know, for the holiday because I oh, yeah, yeah. want to eat Turkey. But my problem was the aftermath of the meal. I was like, you know, you cook in these dishes and you've got to serve. I went to disposable, whether it's good for the world or not. I went right. to disposable pans. So I put my turkey in a disposable pan and then I put that in the real pan. So that way I've got the stability, but everything that goes to the table is in a disposable pan. That way when we're done, I toss it out and then the cleanup is only the dishes we used to eat. And I found that that buys me more time with my family because cleaning a turkey pan, you know how difficult that is. Oh, it's, it's, it's awful. If it wasn't for John, I would do the same thing. He's the one that scrubs all the pans. And that's the reality is you have to figure out it's a cost benefit analysis. If I'm going to host, even if it's for your family of three or 20 people, if you're going to have a meal, what's the thing that taxes your body? It's the cleanup and it's the pre-clean. Right. So if the pre-clean can be, you know, the elves in your family, i.e. your kids, your husband, whatever, fantastic. But if that's not an option for you, you have to figure out what is the easiest way to do it. And sometimes when I have people over, because people do not pay as much attention as you do, as long as your guest bathroom is clean, if you have one or whatever bathroom people are using. And if you do one round with the vacuum and sort of like put that stuff in a laundry basket and hide it, nobody cares. Because you know what I do? I clean after the party. Because guess what? The people make a mess. And I wash, I vacuum twice. You know what I mean? Like, if it's not a disaster, I make it look good enough. And then when they go and someone spilled something on the carpet or whatever else, I clean it afterwards because it's too taxing. And the same for you. Like, you know, I, I use different um, disposable things for like the, when I make like the big batches of brown, cookie brownies and things like that. Like, I don't want to have all those extra pans. It's just, it's a lot of work and anything that I can do to save my hands. Like I use different, um, like um, if you make like, what do you call it? Pulled pork or um, shredded chicken or whatever. And I know that, you know, I'm not the only one that uses this tip, but I use it because my hand can hold a mixer better than it can two forks to shred it together. If you put a mixer in the crock pot that you've had your, you know, pork cooking or your chicken, it'll shred it for you. Zoom, 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 zoom. Two seconds later, you're not killing yourself. Right. Like all the different things, it's just a, it's just a shortcut. It makes a difference for like my stuffing. I buy the all like I look for the containers already diced onions and celery. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that makes a difference because it limits the time that I have to stand and cut and use my hands. So no, I'm all about you know kind of like faking it to look homemade and all of that. That's definitely my goal, and the fact that I can even get up and cook a turkey. <laughs> is like well right but yeah no i've had to come up with hacks and not feel guilty about it because i mean even when i was bedridden my family helped me get up so i could at least get in the kitchen and they helped me stand up so i could be in there to start the turkey and then it, i have to baste it every 20 minutes that's just Right. It. And so, you know, my son took over that part, but my family completely understands that's, that's the one thing too, is accepting that 
have these limitations, accepting that it's okay and you're not doing anything wrong. Look at what you are doing because you decided to get disposable pans. Look at what's happening after the party. You're not standing there washing dishes from a party of 12, you know, you're right. able to go. And so you have to look at what you're gaining and, and not, you know, be too upset about the dollar amount. If you can do it, do it because mentally, how, how would, would you feel better having, throw away dishes and knowing that you were up with your friends and family and had a good time or would you feel better sitting there doing the dishes being in pain being down the week after and not being able to participate in anything else or would you have been better doing nothing at all I mean so oh, oh absolutely I mean <clears throat> one of the things that I tell people is <clears throat> it for example like a holiday gift giving you have a really big family Maybe you don't need to do individual gifts. A, it's a cost savings and it saves your body from all that wrapping and everything else. Why don't you do like a white elephant or you do like a gift exchange where it's like you literally get, you know, paired up with sort of like a secret Santa because <clears throat> we did that with John's family. And, you know, there's there's 18 nieces and nephews. There's all the siblings. He's one of eight kids. And it made it that you got paired with one person. It was so much less stressful. You know what I mean? And and if you're, ha if you're the family and maybe you recently got diagnosed or you finally have admitted the fact that you can't really do everything, and maybe you're the person that hosted that, you know, uh, Sunday after Thanksgiving brunch or whatever it is, there's nothing wrong with your invitation stating and you email them. There's no, you know, nothing crazy there. You simply say, this year we're going to change it up. Brunch is still going to be at my house, but it's BYO, you know, D, bring your own dish. And everybody brings something because maybe there's a lot of people in it, me included, where I would have things and I'd be like, oh, no, 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 because I like to cook so much. I'll make everything. And now I'm like, you know what? I might not like so-and-so's cranberry whatever as much as I like mine, but I don't give a damn because I'm going to make it. So I might say if we're having a thing, because usually we do something in the early November, or early December, and I'll be like, everyone bring something. And I just assign like a category. I don't care what you make. A vegetable. I don't care if it's green beans or butternut squash, whatever you want to do. Just like uh, everybody pick a, a, a main topic area, you know, dessert, whatever. It could be bought cookies or a pie. I could care less. And then you just know that there's enough stuff. And then I supply the paper goods, whatever. And one main dish, usually the lasagna, because everyone's like, oh my, that takes you so long. I'm so glad you make it. And I'm like, uh, 15 minutes. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and I make the lasagna and everybody's happy. And I used to literally put on everything and people would still bring like a bottle of wine or they bring whatever. And I'd end up with like 12 bottles of wine by the end of it. And I don't drink wine. So I'd be like, frig. And then I would start giving people wine. And I'm like, okay, that was dumb. Just make a damn dish. And I don't have to do as much. And I can pretty much while my lasagna is cooking, put my feet up and wait for you to show up in my house with my paper plates and my plastic forks, you know, on the table and say, oh, thank you. And then an hour later, we're all eating. God only knows what. And sometimes we're like, oh, God. But it, it, some people don't know how to cook it. And I respect that, you know, whatever. Um, and you just have fun. Who cares? You have a good laugh when someone's dish is a bomb, whatever. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. It, it's a lot of this. And I do see a lot in, in episodes <coughs> that this is a mental illness as far as wear and tear on you mentally because oh absolutely yeah yeah it's it, it, it's it's taxing yeah. it's ta I, I think a better way to put it is it, it's taxing mentally it's taxing mentally because 
you have a lot of emotions. Let's think of it as a death. Any loss, be it an actual physical death, like you lost your dog or your grandma or whoever, um, or you lost your job or you lost physical ability to do X, Y, and Z. doesn't mean that you can't walk anymore, but maybe you used to run and you can't do that. It's a loss. Any loss has that thing where it's denial. And uh, was it denial, anger, bargaining, um, something in acceptance. Yeah. I'm not going to say it right, but it's, it's the five stages of grief. And interestingly enough, when they wrote that book, <clears throat> the, uh, Kubler Ross, I think did it, um, with the five stages of grief, they failed to mention that they can happen all at once and they don't have to happen in that order. You can be angry. You can be depressed. I think depression is another one. You can be depressed. You can be in denial for a year, go to depression, go back to anger, start negotiating, and then come to acceptance. There's certain parts of it where, say, for example, I used to ride my bike. I accepted that I didn't ride that bike easy on. But did I accept the fact that, you know, I, I have to limit my cooking because cooking was a real passion of mine. That took a lot more time before I was like, you know what? I can do that semi-homemade and thank God for that woman in that show because had it not been, that, been for that show and me knowing, because I used to be like, I can't watch this. She's cheating. And now I'm like, ha, ah, you know, <laughs> so you just have to, at, at a certain point, it's what do you value more? I value time with my family. I value feeling good. I value not being in <clears throat> bed. And I'm so sorry about my voice. I've had this cough for like a month and now decided to kick out on me again. Oh, yeah. um, but like I have given up so much, but I've also gained a lot. I've gained friends. I've gained the ability to, um, so I used to read a lot of books and again, hands, they're heavy. Um, I'm driving my daughter. Uh, she's visually impaired. So I drive her to college every day and it's a distance. I mean, it's 20 minutes there and, and she and I chat and then on the way home, 20 minutes of the radio. Oh no, not anymore. I have listened because I used to read all the time and I haven't read a, uh, more than one or two books a year in like five or six years. I have listened to, I'm on book number eight in audiobooks just since um, August 21st when she started school. I am listening to a book, the 20 minutes a day on the drive home and then any other time I'm running errands and sometimes to clean the house, who knew this was a thing? Put the phone in your back pocket with the speaker on, listen to the dang book and I can do my 10 minute tidy in like eight seconds. And sometimes I've gone like 20 minutes because I, I want to get to the end of the chapter and I'm still cleaning. No, and even... It's it's just fabulous. Anyway, sorry. Oh, no, that, that, that's what I ask people to do. I'm like, when you're listening to the podcast, you know, I said, do something. Soak in a tub, you know, yep. uh, do your dishes. You know, if you're able to physically do something, take me with you and we can, you know, right. together. You don't have to be down. And sometimes if you're like, okay, I'll listen to this podcast episode and that will be the length of time that I spend cleaning out this closet. And then at the end of this episode, if I'm done, that's great. If I'm not, save it for another day. I, you know, because I, I don't want anybody to ever feel like they're wasting their time. And the fact that we put out. A oh, no, no. But, but that's, it's a great point to multitask. I mean, and listening to something and feeling like you're not alone inspires you. I always feel better. Like I have a girlfriend that'll come over once, once in a blue moon. And when she's here, she's like, what do you want me to help? me to help you do and I'm like help me do and we'll get accomplished like three times as much as I would accomplish on my own because you're you're getting energy off that person the same thing applies to your podcast you know I listen to it and I'll I'll pay my bills online I'll listen to it and you know go for a walk 
And there's so many things you can do and you maybe walk a little bit faster or you walk a little bit further or you do a little bit more. Um, as long as you're not, you know, pushing yourself to do too much, you're, you're, it's so much better to do it with somebody. And if right. that's listening to you, that's that, that they're with you. Look at that. Well, it, it's just, it, it, my main thing is, is for people not to feel alone and then to, oh yeah. So, you know, know that we have good days and bad days and that what we do, we have to, we also not only have to accept the illness, but we have to accept that things are no longer going to be at the level of the perfectionism in our minds. Like there are things that I can overlook now that I couldn't before. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. And, and that's the whole concept of good enough. You're, you're invited to that party and they said, everyone needs to bring cookies, like a cookie exchange. One year, Two of the gals, they were having a rough week. They brought their, they bought their cookies and it didn't matter. Nobody cared because they still got a variety of cookies, right? It didn't matter if it was purchased or, or not. Right. You do not have to do everything yourself. If you get help doing whatever, whether it's a neighborhood kid to, to help mow the lawn or there's so many people now you can go online and find in your local, like we have a Palatine village group. And if you were to post on there, Hey, I'm sorting out my closet. Is anyone a good organizer? I have, I can only pay $25. Someone's going to say, yes, please. And come to your house and do it. Whereas professional organizers, 80 bucks, you have options and there's not super high cost options, whether it's a friend or, and asking for help. Like a lot of people don't realize what we go through because it's an invisible illness, right? You don't have a cast. You, you, you're not, you know, unless you have mo mobility aids, people don't really know that you're going through stuff. And if you were to talk to your good friends, there's got to be one who's like, you know, you're like, you know what? I could really use some help with X. They'll say no if they don't want to do it. They'll say yes if they can. And, you know, there's just people around that are nicer and kinder than you'd imagine. And there's neighborhood kids, whether it's a third or a fourth grader that can come over and help you lift some stuff because you can't lift it. Don't be afraid to reach out to your neighbors, to reach out to your friends, to make new friends, in fact, that can help you accomplish what you need to accomplish. Because at the end of the day, you know, our lives are better when we downsize our stuff and our obligations, whatever that means to you, whether it's downsizing your stuff in your closet because it's easy to easier to maintain or it's downsizing your obligations because you're, you're going to work part time instead of full time or you're going to volunteer less or whatever. You can live your best life if you manage your expectations of yourself, if you accept where you're at and if you always strive to get up every day. Be thankful you're alive, regardless of your condition, and be, put like generosity and gratefulness into the universe. And I, I really believe in karma. And when you do good things for others, even if it's a casual smiling at someone, no one's asking you to like, you know, do anything crazy. But like, if you put goodness into the world, it'll come back on you. And if you are a person that's maybe more alone because a lot of times these illnesses make you isolate, isolate, isolate. You end up burning through friends because you did ask for a lot of help originally and then no one wants to help you anymore. Um, you know, go to your local community center, uh, you know, walk the, the community center track, meet somebody, take a class, you know, that's like one of those paint and sip things. Talk to the person next to you. Maybe you'll meet somebody in a chair yoga class or whatever that you can now be your friend and have, you know, maybe because chair yoga is a perfect example of finding other people that need modified activities. And yes, you'll be in there with a bunch of old people, but there's going to be another 40, 50, 60 year old. That's like similar age to you that 
you can be like, oh, why are you taking this chair yoga class? Oh, because I have arthritis or I have RA or I have EDS or whatever it is. And now you have someone to go for coffee with that can relate to you. You have someone that you can you can have a similar experience or you go on the interweb as we did and you meet a friend and you go, this is awesome. And then you convince each other to do more and you're doing your podcast because you used to be a, a disc jockey. And, you know, I'm, you've encouraged me to write, write more books and we're encouraging each other. We've never met in person aside from obviously, you know, talking <laughs> on the phone and, and whatnot, but you know what I mean? Like, like this is an alternative way to have a friend. I mean, I think if I needed you to help me with something virtually in the sense that I would be like, you know, Hey Christy, if you're up for it today, can we talk on the phone for like 15 minutes? I really need to accomplish this task. and I don't want to do it by myself. Oh, you would do, you would do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the thing is you can find friends in a multitude of places and support. And I think that's the other thing is like in order to live your best life, in order to be able to, excuse me, utilize these shortcuts, you need to have a support system and they do not have to be people that are in your community. You can meet people in your virtual community online like an AWOL zebra and, um, and find people that, you know, jive with you. And then you can shockingly find people that do live in your backyard because not on yours, but, um, the Chicago EDS group, I have a friend that I actually know in real life. And I was like, Oh my God, that's you. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it does. You're right. It does make a difference. And that's why, you know, it's fun. Like <clears throat> I was, you know, before I had my diagnosis, I was trying to get back up and go walking. I would call my friend Jennifer because she was literally a hop, skip and a jump from me. And I was like, it's more fun to walk around the track with a buddy than it is alone. And even a virtual buddy, if I, absolutely, I would be like, Hey, Allie, let's talk for 15 minutes. I'm going for a walk. And I would take you with me because, right. you know, I feel, I mean, that's why like, sometimes I'll do yesterday. I think I did my podcast while I was soaking in a tub of Epsom salt <laughs> because, you know, I, I believe in trying to multitask. And that's why you don't do them on video. That, I'm just kidding. That's right. <laughs> no, you're exactly right. I'd be scaring everybody away. It would be like, oh my gosh, she's naked again. But <laughs> so many things that you can do that, yeah, I definitely don't like the video. I prefer the audio because it creates a theater of the mind. It gives people a way to get out of your head for a little bit because this illness is, it's so funny for it to be an, an invisible illness. It's all in, I mean, it's just, it's just always at the forefront of your mind. It's always something you have to think about. You can't just pick up a gallon of milk without thinking, is this enough for me to do? I mean, right. Oh, yeah. 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 It's, it just takes over your mind. So to have anybody that gets it or to be able to hear a conversation or share in the conversation, you know, with individuals that, you know, aren't, you know, that aren't physically helping you just kind of having to, that's why I want to do when we get the website, I want to do like meet and greets where people can just come on and we kind of just meet and chat without an agenda, without ulterior motives. You know, we're not sitting there trying to help you breathe better. We're not sitting there trying to help you build muscle or anything. It's, it's amazing to me. We're just a little bit of conversation with like-minded individuals, what it can do for you physically and mentally with this illness. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think when you talk to someone, you realize that you're not alone. That's the first thing, right? Then you feel better. Then, you know, I mean, like, for example, when I go to bed, um, I have an adjustable bed, which I thought was for old people, but apparently not. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so it's the king size adjustable bed, but it's a split king. So, like, it's basically two twin extra long beds. John can set his up to his liking. I put mine in zero gravity where I have zero pain. In the middle of the night, I wake up on my side and I'm like, that doesn't feel right. And I'll, I'll make it flat again. But the point of the matter is, is that I sleep well. And it isn't until I get up and my feet land on the floor and my heels go, oh, you have EDS. And my, you know, and, and like my feet just hurt. And it takes about 15, 20 minutes before my feet start, stop hurting. Then some days I take a shower in the morning. Other days I don't just because of the kids' schedules. But like this morning I took a shower and I'm doing hip flexor stretches in the shower because I just needed to loosen up my hips because it was really hurting. And then, you know, by the time I'm up for a half hour, 45 minutes, the pain and aches start to fade. And then I go about my day and then I'll get like a headache or my, you know, like right now my thumb is not wanting to like me. So I like when I brought my water cup up, I brought a light plastic cup because I couldn't carry the glass one. Um, you know, stuff like that happens. And I just kind of like now I have alternatives like, OK, if I can't carry that, I carry this and I'm just not going to use my thumbs today. I'm not going to write anything fancy. I'm not going to be I guess I'm not cooking today either because um, my, my thumbs bother me. But like I just modify and I go, okay, well, what will I do instead? And like when I had breakfast this morning, I had um, leftovers from because I'm a, I'm weird. I don't like breakfast food, so I had leftovers from lunch yesterday. I threw an egg in it actually, but it was like gnocchi and broccoli and an egg, and it was delicious. And I'm like, you know what? That's good enough, and I feel full, satiated. Who cares? Um, and then you and I started doing this, and you know, and then after this, I'll go and I, I have an errand to run. And I actually have a kid I have to get off to school because. Um, they were in the play last night and they're the ones with the EDS and uh, it was a lot. And so they're going in late, which is fine because their body needs to recover from being in the play. It's their passion. It's their senior year. It's probably the last time they're going to be on stage um, because of EDS. It's too much on their body, but that's what we decided to do. We decided to be like, you know what? You can still do the play and we'll modify your school for the couple days of the shows. Um, and if that's the compromise we have to make, that's the compromise we have to make. And, Everybody makes compromises to live their best life. So my kid who has EDS, they're 17. Um, you know, they're gonna be doing, doing, you know, modified like tomorrow they'll sleep till noon and that's fine. Who cares? Um, it's just one of those situations where you have to, to modify to, to be your best self. And like later on tonight, cause I did not do my bridge exercises this morning. And with this freaking cough I've had, um, I started having my issues again. So I'm going to start doing the bridge exercises, but I'm going to do them in the afternoon. Cause I didn't have the energy this morning. Again, modifying. Is it ideal? No, but who cares? Like no, no one is looking at my life going, you didn't do that. You didn't do that. No one cares. Like people are doing, living their own lives, living their best lives and no one's looking at mine. So when, when I guess what I mean by that is I need, I had to stop judging myself because I would always compare myself to others, but no one else is comparing them myself to them. You know what I'm saying? Right. So if I don't say to you, oh, Christy, I know that you have dirty dishes in the sink right now. Oh, shame on you. Nobody knows. You know what I mean? If you don't do your dishes for a week or you do your dishes every 10 minutes, nobody knows. At the end of the day, when somebody comes over to your house and you don't have dishes in the sink, they don't know that you just washed them before they showed up. Nobody knows. So you just have to do yourself. And, and for example, they might think you do your dishes all the time and you're like, ha ha ha, don't look at my trash can because it's all paper plates. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, are you fed? Do you have a roof over your head? It's the essentials. 
And then if you get more things, like you get to go to coffee once a week with a friend, or you get to buy new clothes or whatever those extra things are, as long as we have the basic necessities met, the rest of it's gravy. And if you change your perspective, instead of being like, this is the life I had and I don't have it anymore, look about what you do have. Like, for example, I have a bed that's made because my husband made it this morning. Isn't that nice of him? Um, which it is actually. Um, and, you know, like my kid is home, but they're not sick. They're just sore. So that's okay too. Um, I'm going to go see the play tonight. That's really fun. Um, I'm volunteering because that's what I do. And I'm doing concessions and that's fun for me. It's a social thing. So that's kind of like fun. Um, and I have a good life. Could I be doing a lot more today? Absolutely. Am I going to? Uh, Because I don't have the energy I used to have. And that's fine. It is what it is. I'll probably watch a movie this afternoon. No one has to know in my real life. Like tonight when I volunteer, they'll be like, all these people are coming from their full-time jobs. What'd you do today? Oh, I wrote, I was a, you know, guest on a podcast. I was busy. No one has to know that basically the busyness was an hour talking to you. And then the rest of it was resting because I won't be able to volunteer tonight if I don't rest. No, you're, you're exactly right. It is a matter because I am still, that's one of the reasons why I, I, make myself do a podcast episode every day because that's my because I don't have a an obligation to go to work and things like that I can't that's been taken away so I've had to create to do's for myself beyond cleaning out the closet beyond dusting and things like that because when we get this illness and we have so many things taken away from us and normal activities that we could have done at the drop of a hat before are not so easy for us. We kind of have to create something that we need to strive for, something that we need to achieve so we can mentally feel better. Like for you, it might be like, okay, I need to write a couple chapters for my book. I need right, right. So it's like we need to set up goals for ourselves that we are happy with so that when we go and volunteer that evening and everybody else is talking about, oh, they had such a hard day at work and they had this, we don't allow it to get into our heads that, wow, all I did was rest before this and allow doubt to come in. Because I do find that that's one of the things, no matter how accepting you are, no matter how much support you have, I honestly believe that the ability to knock yourself back down is one of the easiest things that always rears its ugly head for me that I'm always having to fight off. Is that, is that for you or are you just at the place where screw it? I'm good. I don't need. No. So I, I tend to go through that more. So we do not live near family, uh, not near John's family, not near mine. Um, and I just happened to be with work and stuff. And then we settled down here once the kids uh, were, had, you know, were firmly established in the school and whatnot. Um, so we live a good thousand miles away from my family and about, about the same a little bit more from John's. And I have a harder time November and December and January because, you know, he's from a big family and my family's small, but we used to do a lot of stuff together. And I have a harder time with that because I feel like, if I had more energy, like my mother would like me to fly out more often. I, I can't. Flying is one of the worst things for my body. And I'm going to go in November. Am I going November? 
or October. Oh, I'm going, I'm, I'm, Jesus Louise. I'm going <laughs> October 28th, 27th and I'm coming back the 30th and it's a quick weekend, but it'll, it'll, it'll kill me for the next week. Like luckily it's only Halloween and Megan's all set for that. She's crocheting her own costume, um, which is freaking fantastic. But um, so like I can, I, I picked a weekend that I knew I could have downtime during that next week. Um, I'm Megan's driver. So I, I have to do that every day, multiple times a day. Um, but like, I do get down on myself about certain things that I would like to be able to do. Like over winter break, for example, most people go on, we have a pretty long winter break here, um, like three weeks. And a lot of people do like, they do their Christmas with their family that's here. Then they go and, and if they have family back East or wherever they are, they travel to like multiple different places. If I did that, I would be like in bed the month of January. I'd be like, all right, I'm good. Um, we don't travel over the holidays. It's too much. The airports are too full. You know, I tend to do like a fall and a spring trip to my mom's because it's less taxing on me because there's less humans to have to navigate um, in the airport and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I went off topic, but basically I, I, I do struggle with acceptance and, and doing different things and, and I can get down on myself, but I try to just sort of wake up every day and, and be grateful. And I, at nighttime, um, it's funny. The cardiologist actually recommended this for my daughter. She has POTS um, and it's called the, it's Dr. David Tholey, which I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but it's T-H-O-E-L-E. -E. He's a doctor out of Advocate Lutheran General in Chicago. And he has, if you Google him, he, um, it's David Tholey. He has, um, I think it's called the three minute, three minute miracle journaling or something. And it's, you, you go, to, before you go to bed, like in the evening time, like once your brain has settled down a little bit, you write down three things you're grateful for, uh, the story of your life being grateful. So like, a, like a sentence that says something like, you know, um, I had a great day because, you know, my friend brought me lunch or something. Um, and then you write the reason why you'll be grateful tomorrow. And it sounds kind of benign and it sounds a little silly at times. But if you do that and you put that gratefulness out there, apparently he does it for um, blood pressure patients and for people that have irregulated heartbeats with people that have POTS and, and dysautonomia and stuff like that. And he finds that their symptoms reduce by anywhere from 25 to 50% by doing this journaling at night. And he says, what it does is it puts your brain into a positive mindset, puts your body into a positive mindset and a positive heartbeat and all these different things biologically it does, which made no sense to me, but it's true. Um, and it's really, really cool because if you can put yourself into a mindset, uh, and I know we're wrapping things up because we're coming up on a 54 minutes and 33 seconds, um, that if you put your brain into a positive mindset, you put your body almost in like homeostasis and that's like where it wants to be. It wants to, it, you're, you naturally as a human being want to be calm, cool, and collected as much as in our heads we're not. But if you can sort of neutralize your anxiety by saying, I'm grateful because today I, you know, went for a walk and today I restored myself by not doing too much, like give yourself credit for not doing the things you used to do because you're conserving your energy for tomorrow. Things that normally may, you might not have been grateful for, be grateful for the fact that you rested today. Be grateful for the fact that you were able to say no to somebody. Be grateful for all the things that make us who we are with EDS. And then be grateful for the fact that tomorrow you're going to wake up and have new opportunities, even if that means you're doing the things that you thought you were going to do today, tomorrow. It doesn't matter. And when you sort of come to that acceptance and that sort of like, everything's okay, 
the rest of your world, your blood pressure is normalized. Your mental health is, is better. You're a better wife, partner, mother, who friend. It's all good. Right. Right. Like once you, once you come to that level of acceptance and that level of, I guess I'd say peace, the, the rest of the, if it doesn't matter. No, that, that, that definitely makes sense. And it's a hard, it's, it is a hard process because you, you go for years trying to get a diagnosis. Oh yeah. And, and then once you get that diagnosis, you've, you've got to accept that part. And it is, it's just, you're constantly battling. So when you can get to the point where you just said, you know, of accepting these little things and having a positive attitude. No, I think it, it helps you overcome so many things. I really do. Oh, I agree. And I want to say that I think you've already thought of our next podcast idea, because when you just said, when you get a diagnosis, my first thought is you get a diagnosis and there's no freaking clinician that can help you because this is when you have to help yourself. So I think uh, in future we should discuss once you get that diagnosis, what are the next steps? Because a lot of it is finding your own path and your own solution, because there are not a lot of physicians that treat this. They kind of say, oh, here's your diagnosis. Have a great day. And you're left on your own, at least like we were in 2021. Um, so maybe next time we can dis discuss that because we've done a lot of uh, self-guided, you know, like a self-guided tour of EDS and how we've treated it. And it's not necessarily the way that you've treated it or the, and you've helped us with your Ashley black stuff. I didn't know about that until uh, I saw your stuff. So like all of these different things, we, we, I think the group of EDS patients are who help are the people that end up helping you on your path. But that's something that we can discuss on another podcast, because I think that's the biggest detriment is you get, you wait so long to get this diagnosis, you get it. And then you're pretty much left to the wolves. You have to figure out the solution yourself. Oh, no, definitely. And that's, that's why this podcast is so important to me, because I believe that, you know, when I, I interviewed this fasciologist, uh, fascia therapist in California, so our listeners and that interview is coming up. And I'm excited because listeners in California now will have someone they can go to. And right. I think that's so important. And it wouldn't be something it's not something you can just really post in a Facebook group and somebody's going to get it. It's just not something people are looking for. So right. I want the podcast to, to, you know, bring people together that wouldn't necessarily have been put together for any other reason. So Absolutely. And that's why everyone's grateful for you doing this. And hopefully if people are listening today for the first time, please continue to listen and go back to old episodes because uh, nothing is old when you've listened to it for the first time. So definitely listen to AWOL Zebra with Christy Lynn Hanchi because she's awesome. Well, you are so sweet and I appreciate that. And we, you know, if you can follow us, uh, please follow us on Spotify. And also if you can support us, you can follow the link and I greatly appreciate it. Spotify put us on this support thing and you can, it's like 99 cent a month or anything. And people laugh at that, but I'm like, no, you don't know how much that means to me <laughs> because people are, are kind enough, you know, to, to pay to want to hear what you're saying. It's like when you sell your book, I'm, right. It's like, you know, you're not making a lot of money off of it, but it's not the point. Somebody cared. Enough, exactly. You know, so there we go. This has been a wonderful hour. I thank you as always for coming on. Thank you for the little tidbits. And we're going to do this again very soon. You need to rest for your evening tonight. Oh, I do. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, Miss Allie. As always, it's a pleasure. We'll have you back on soon. All right. Have a great day. Thanks a lot, Christy. You too, my dear. There we go. An hour of 
how to get through and make life easier for yourself with EDS. And of course, Allie's going to have a book coming out and we're going to keep you up on that. Thank you for joining us today. Christy Lynn Hanchi, AWOL Zebra. Have a lovely day.